Welcome to Grace Notes. In this series entitled, My Heart, Christ's Home, Barbara Sandbeck is sharing the writing of Robert Boyd Munger. His book, written in 1936, entitled, My Heart, Christ's Home, has touched the hearts of many people over the years as it so vividly portrays the relationship you can have with Jesus when you let him come into your heart and abide and make his home with you. This concept was introduced in our last program, where we visited the study of the home. Here we found the material we watch and read needs to be looked at as if Jesus were going to see it. Hopefully, we all learned a lesson about how viewing inappropriate media can hamper our fellowship with Jesus. On this program, we're moving into the dining room. Stay with us and see how Mr. Munger approaches our appetites and desires in the light of the holiness of the Lord Jesus. Did you need to clean out your study room after listening to the last program? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.16b that as a believer in Jesus, we have the mind of Christ. And in order to keep our minds pure, we need to see and think right things. Philippians 4.8 says, Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Well, let's move on to the next room and see how we can properly abide with Jesus in there. Mr. Boyd writes, From the study we went into the dining room, the room of appetites and desires. Now, this was a large room, a most important place to me. I spent a lot of time and hard work trying to satisfy all my wants. I told him, This is my favorite room. I'm sure you will be pleased with what we serve here. He seated himself at the table and inquired, What is on the menu for dinner tonight? Well, I said, my favorite dishes, money, academic degrees, stocks, with newspaper articles of fame and fortune as side dishes. These were things I liked, thoroughly secular fare. There's nothing so very bad in any of them, but it was not really the kind of food which would feed the soul and satisfy true spiritual hunger. When the plates were placed before my new friends, he said nothing. However, I observed that he did not eat. I asked, somewhat disturbed, Savior, don't you like this food? What's the trouble? He answered, I have food to eat you do not know of. My food is to do the will of him that sent me. He looked at me again and said, If you want food that really satisfies you, do the will of your heavenly Father. Put his pleasure before your own. Stop striving for your own desires, your own ambitions, your own satisfactions. Seek to please him. That food will really satisfy you. Try a bit of it. And there about the table he gave me a taste of doing God's will. What flavor! There is no food like it in all the world. It alone satisfies. At the end, everything else leaves you hungry. What's the menu in the dining room of our desires? What kind of food are we serving our divine companion and serving ourselves? All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life are self-centered wants. Or are we finding God's will to be our soul-satisfying meat and drink? Maybe we need a change of heart. Change my heart, O God Make it Change my heart, oh God, make 
been an ambitious person my entire life, aspiring in my younger years to prove I had worth. God's will was certainly something I knew I should desire, but I didn't understand how to find it or whether it would even fulfill what I thought I wanted and needed. So I pursued a lucrative career, fame, family, possessions, and money, thinking they would satisfy me. But the more I received, the more I wanted. This poem I wrote exemplifies the process God took me through to find that He alone satisfies it. I call it fulfillment. Longing to fulfill my dreams, seeking to achieve my schemes. I'm longing and I'm seeking. Days are filled with busyness, working to achieve success. I'm busy and I'm working. But I'm not feeling peace inside. There's an emptiness I try to hide. Achievements, fame are soon consumed, and nothing is left in my lonely room. I'm searching, and I'm yearning. I'm longing, and I'm seeking. Oh, God, you said you have a plan. I've tried all things that are known to man. Please take control, take all of me, and help me, Lord, to watch and see you're working while I'm resting your loving hand of blessing. And here's why they don't satisfy First Timothy 6.10 says, The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves through with many griefs. I like what Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. And Matthew six twenty through 21, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Remember the story of the rich man in Matthew nineteen fifteen through 22. He asked Jesus what good thing he had to do to get eternal life. Jesus told him to keep the commandments. The rich man said he had. Then Jesus said that if he wanted to be perfect, he had to sell all his possessions and give to the poor. Then come and follow him. It says the young man went away sad because he had great wealth. The rich man asked what he should do to inherit eternal life, not how to become a child of God. In his questioning, Jesus revealed the fact that he had indeed violated the command to have no other gods before God. Jesus knew his wealth was his God. So when he told him to give all his possessions up, the real truth was shown. Keeping the commandments will not give us eternal life. Only trusting in and following Jesus will. His wealth would never satisfy him. And it is obvious from watching the lives of famous actors that fame and fortune do not satisfy these days either. But we are constantly tempted to believe these things do. It's been that way since the beginning of time with Adam and Eve in their perfect environment. Eve's temptation began with what she saw. The forbidden fruit was pleasing to the eye. So much of what we give into starts with what we see. Satan's temptation involved the lust of the eyes. Surely it tastes good. The lust of the flesh. You will know more. And the pride of life. You will be like God. After all, why should he keep this from you? Satan tempted Jesus with these same things and uses them on us today. 
if we read God's word, we will find that following Jesus alone satisfies. Psalm 103, 2-5 reads, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Psalm 107, 9 reiterates, He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things because He is the living water, the bread of life. He is everything we need. He is all I need when I just need someone to talk to. He's always there to hear my prayer. Each time I call Him All my needs He supplies My thirsty soul He satisfies He's my everything And He's all I need He comforts me And he's all 
Thanks for listening to Grace Notes. If you've been blessed by this ministry, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047. Or you can email us at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise. Praise.